This podcast was brought to you by the Hapori Coach app. If you're a personal trainer, then you know that time is money. That's why the Hapori Coach app was created, to help coaches manage their businesses better and to support growth and longevity. The platform makes it easy to onboard and train clients, manage your sessions, keep track of finances and take automated digital payments. Plus, your clients will love it as they get their own app to accompany their training with you, tools to track their progress and an easy, seamless way to help them manage their bookings. So if you're looking for a way to take your personal training business to the next level, then Hapori Coach is the perfect solution. Check them out at www.hapori.com and enter promo code PODCAST50 to get a 30-day free trial, 50% off your first year and 10 completely free professionally designed health and fitness ebooks to send out to clients and prospects. That's some serious value there. So go get over to hapori.com today. Hello and welcome to the Hapori Podcast with Rob Solly. So as you probably guessed, I'm not Rob Solly. I'm actually Mike Hansen, the producer of this soon-to-be award-winning podcast. But since it's the first episode, we thought it would be a good idea to get to know our host, Rob, a bit more. So Rob, welcome to the studio. Thank you. You might have the superior voice here. I think... Uh, I'm putting it might, on. I'm you might have this Why are we talk like that? <laughs> You have this tone that just resonates. I like uh, it. I get it from my dad. Anyway, so let's get to know you, Rob. If you're at a party and hadn't met you yet, how would you describe yourself? Oh, my God. Like you, you come in hard then, Gotta Mike. Get in there, you yeah. come in hard. Not, not that I go to many parties these days. I know it all. I know it all. Brilliant. Yeah. brilliant. I'm very opinionated. It's, it's so hard to like talk about yourself like that just to go bang. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, I would say I am opinionated, a bit of a know-it-all, but I can sort of make things happen if I believe in them. Brilliant. And that's that sort of like being my life. I wasn't, I, I don't consider myself a particularly talented person in any of the environments I've been in, but somehow I've made things happen. Well, that's key. That's key. So you're a doer. You're a doer. Yeah, right. yeah. Doer rather than a dreamer or a bit of both. Uh, dream definitely dream do. yeah because the dreams are the the instigators aren't they the, yeah. the the vision to sort of like get going but then i act on those dreams Brilliant. i don't let them think about you know like tomorrow 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 i'm like what can i do today to enhance tomorrow so uh, specifically in what you do to fill your time rather than uh, sharing your opinions with people you're a personal trainer and a coach so how did you get into that i've been into like fitness since i was 13 i'm now 45 I started Taekwondo and quite often my teacher, who was truly amazing, inspirational character, a guy who wasn't Mr. Miyagi, was he? No, no, but he was, he was my Mr. Miyagi, you know, he was, he was my, I was his Daniel son. His name was a grandmaster, Frank Massa, and he came from uh, north of the river and our club was in Plumstead. So we had to go through the Blackwall Tunnel. And I don't know if anyone knows the Blackwall Tunnel. It can absorb hours of your life in mm. queues of traffic. So we'd often be late. And I would often step up to the plate and just warm the class up. And I think I always had a vision, probably from watching too many films, too many montage sequences. So I was always good at the fitness and the, the warm-ups. 
because of these amazing 80s montages that I grew up watching. And then that sort of translated over time. I went off, did other things that I'm sure we'll, we'll come to. But um, fitness has been central to my life. It's, it's something that's grounded me every day. And I think that in the things that I've done, I've always done fitness because fitness sort of says to me, if I work hard and I work smart, I can get there. Yeah. And that's exactly sort of how I applied my life. And and I applied those principles bizarrely to my like fitness career, training career. I don't know the, the correct uh, term for that. But definitely I've applied that to this. And it's one of the reasons we're here. We want to sort of like talk about these things to help coaches, to help people, particularly new, young people, so we can make this industry better, the fitness industry and the trainers better. So I want to go on a journey and explore some nuggets of how to be a good coach. Yeah, yeah. And then, so just before we get to that, you, you said you did other things. So, so I was just interested why you got into the martial arts. And then, then you were telling me earlier that it's kind of led to UFC, but, but not football or rugby or anything else that's physical. Well, you know, you named two sports that were team sports. All right. I think that I was, I think I was, you know, like, I know that I put my parents through some, I was just a a lost 11 and 12 year old, just a lost. And I had a lot of fear and I was scared and I was the class clown. There's all sorts of different factors going on. But I think fear is a overriding driver for me personally. And um, I think karate was like facing those fears and I think it gave me so that's where the very first thing I did was karate it it gave me a channel and I was like I want to do that obviously around that time we had all those the karate kid two and three Mm. uh playing at the cinemas so it was something like that to sort of go oh I could be like that after watching Daniel-san I could be like that whereas I, I like the fact that the buck stops with me but maybe that's because I was weaker in a team environment, or I didn't know how to be a team player. Right. And maybe that came later. And so that's why I started in an individual sport. And um, I think it allowed Was that me- something like a, a, a self-reliance? That you didn't want to rely on other people? You didn't want other people to rely on you? You just, you had your own goals or your own targets because I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it on my own, in uh, my own terms. Yes, on a positive note, yeah. yes, it was. But there was also a negative note to that, that perhaps- I wasn't as good as those people. Perhaps I'd let the Never team down. Me. You know, like it is that moment because one of the good things about sort of like, you know, inspiring or whatever in, in any combat sport, it's really between you and your opponent. No one else is watching because they're sparring too, mm-hmm. you know, unless you're in a tournament or whatever. So I think you can you can do that. And also you can manage those rounds. You can be a little bit more cautious and not really go for it if you don't really want to so there's that factor too so I think I think it's two things I think it is a case of yes it's the fact that the buck stops here that accountability but also fear of failure because I know I can get up in the morning and do those 10 press-ups and this is where that fear of failure made me accountable Mm -hmm. because I knew I had to do a b and c if I was going to succeed so I did a b and c Brilliant, brilliant. And when you say accountable, accountable to yourself or... Yeah, I think accountable to yourself and your dreams. You know, we spoke of, so if I had these wild dreams that lots of people have, you know, I'm around quite a few people at the minute who want to get somewhere and they want to get there by, let's just say, 
going on Love Island or something like that. There's other ways to get there. The, the process of just like perhaps chipping away at something seems to be a little diluted at the minute. And we're sort of in the world of overnight success, which has always been there, always been there and that. But, you know, these are the tips that I were to say, rather than focus on that one thing, just every day, chip away, chip away. You get better, learn, grow, and you'll get where you're going. Yeah. Where do you think that drive came from with that, that self-discipline? Uh, I think I come back to fear again. Yeah. I think I'm naturally quite a scared person and I Boom. I face those fears. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Don't bring clowns into this, Mike. <laughs> Don't, you know. Oh, damn, there isn't my next question out the window. Mm. Um, Killer clowns from outer space. Mm. Um, I think I think it's a driver for a lot of people. Again, I think a lot of people in combat sports have a lot of fear. They're just not aware of it. And I'm particularly influenced by a guy called George St. Pierre. He's Canadian. Oh, right. He's Canadian, yeah. And he was a UFC champion. He's just a great guy. And I like the way he was, I think, a lot more honest than a lot of the other fighters. And he said, yeah, I was scared. I was bullied. I was this. I was that. And this now he's like just, you know, like he's a fantastic alpha star in Marvel movies. Mm. But um, he went on that journey and faced his fears. Right. Okay. And then... Uh, obviously, I'm I'm not as uh, physically fit as you, or had that. Um, my my self discipline went into other channels. Um, but the one thing when we were chatting earlier that we both uh, sort of bonded over was music, and there's obviously a a driving force or uh, something compelling about music that's also physical. And I was telling you that story that um, I never I've never belonged to a gym, and I played some team sports as a kid, but it, I was not strong or fast enough to compete with anybody. It was, it was more fear of uh, getting killed on the ice rink uh, that put me out of hockey at the age of 15. I've seen young blood. Yeah, well, that was my life. But other than walking, when I did try to keep fit, I used to have a stationary bike, and I got very bored very, very quickly by um, not going anywhere, essentially. So I used to put on Appetite for Destruction by Guns N' Roses, side one on vinyl, and it made me pedal really faster. But I also had, because I'm a musician, I had drumsticks, and I used to beat the hell out of the um, the handlebars and that really got me going and said at the end that climax aside one is paradise city when it's the tempo goes into triple time i had a really good workout i know you love music and you sing and you've done a bit of it does it go hand in hand with your training uh, for me 100 percent was a massive catalyst at the beginning but let's just go back to that i just i just gotta make reference <laughs> to one thing here i've just thought the first two lines you will hear when you start that to commence your session on your bike with your drumsticks are welcome to the jungle you're gonna die yeah, <laughs> you know? that's true, that's true. That, yeah. that and by the end session? of that session i felt i was gonna yeah, die yeah, yeah, but, kinda... and in the end when you're delirious there's millions of girls waiting for me down in paradise city exactly as you yeah. hit those delirious wow. endorphins at well, the end. Uh, yeah that, i didn't think about it that uh that deeply at the time i was just thankful that the side was over yeah so massively i had a i had a ghetto blaster if that was, that's the right word for it but i did have that double tape deck thing and i used to put a cutout picture of grandmaster frank on each speaker so i had that and yes that would come with me everywhere or my little yellow walkman it's it's i can't believe how central it is and how entwined they are and i think still for so many people out there you hear about what's my workout track you know i need these tracks for high performance and it's actually there's studies done into what actually makes you high performance what kind of music Mm. for example in spin classes it can be quite intense the music but in the studies 
done, I think uh, some of these were done by British cycling, Olympic cycling, including Dave Browsford, was that classical music actually brought your heart rate down so you could perform better, which makes sense because sometimes if you're in an intense environment, you match that with intense music, you're forgetting to breathe. You're just being, mm. your heart rate's going up and up and you want to bring it down, down, down to for high performance. But um, going into my garage and lifting weights incorrectly, uh, as in I didn't even know what I was doing, and I bought that set from Argos that I think everybody had back then, uh, yeah, music was everything. In fact, it was almost like an opportunity to listen to music as much as it was to train. Yeah. And I think anyone that knew me in that time would know me as much for the music I was listening to as the training that I did. Well, it's great if you can combine two passions or two things you enjoy. Cause, but that's, that's the only thing, because I didn't enjoy the training as much, but it's a good excuse to listen to Guns N' Roses. That, yeah. That the, was good. Not that I need excuse. an excuse, but exactly. you know, I might as well make this part that I'm not enjoying very much go go away faster. And just looking at your um, philosophy as a coach and as a trainer, we were talking earlier about what you look for in a client and people that you work with, because it's not just the money or access to somebody's... Um, cool playlist even though you're it's individual it's quite collaborative you're you're saying so if you're taking on a client to train what do you look for i look for that they can trust me that's a really important element and that i've got to go away and make the correct plan for them with them but trust is a massive thing can they commit and can you know like they actually commit to the time you know like what what is it we want to do here i am in of the belief that a transformation goes on throughout life it doesn't go for eight weeks you know I generally try to take people on who are going to stay with me who are going to grow with me that I feel I can contribute something to their life so that's something that I really think that a lot of trainers could think about lots already do but what can I actually bring to your life sometimes people will call you up or drop you a message on Instagram or however and they're sort of answering their own question a lot of the time. And I'm like, okay, why? how about I answer that question for you and then with you and then we'll find it together what we want to do. But, yeah, you need a level of commitment. If mm -hmm. you're not going to get that, you know, you really are working miracles um, because it comes back to everything, that accountability, yeah, yeah. that discipline to actually do the things um, but then it's my job to make sure that we're doing the correct things in the correct way um, that will maximise your performance and, and keep you fresh. And it's really important that training doesn't become stale. I often talk about not doing the grind. Yeah. Because the grind just wears you out. You know, I'm, uh, there's another, can uh, <laughs> I mention a lot of Canadians, but uh, a great Canadian coach called Firaz Sahabi. And he says, uh, I, you know, I like to get my people to train a seven out of ten but then they can train every day they're not sore you know there's all these other benefits and i'm not asking those people to train seven out of ten but sometimes your life won't give you the time that you might need for example we're often looking towards our social media influences who are completely buff and looking amazing and that's their hard work but that's their lives for some for a lot of people who contact you you're just a segment of their life. Mm -hmm. And you're sort of saying, let it be your life, but wait a second, I've got a job. Wait a second, I've got a family. So learning, I think that really comes with experience as well. And it doesn't come with age, but experience can be, can be gained at any time, listening to smart people, 
that, you know, you don't go too hard too early on people. I like a good assessment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people like don't, don't like that. They turn up and they'll, they're like, I want 100 burpees, but perhaps I'm not the right trainer for you. And I've got to, you know, communicate that. And then actually I might be the right trainer for them, but it's ultimately, okay, I want you to do 100 burpees for life. Yeah. How are we going to do that? Yeah. So So it's getting the commitment. And then I guess in return, you offer the same commitment. I was thinking of the statistic at about, what is it, 90% of qualified personal trainers kind of give up the ghost after about 18 months? Yeah, I I don't know the statistics, but that sounds about right. Mm. There are a lot of people that I've known that have come and gone in my time training, but it's whether we get the tools for that. So if you're a personal trainer, a lot of the time you have this passion for fitness. But that could be a passion for your fitness. Is it a passion for other people's fitness? Because that's where I am. Mm-hmm. I love it. I want other people to like feel how I feel. So I want it to be infectious and pass on. So that's a really important quality I think you have to have because a lot of the time people succeed in the gym. They might lose some weight. They might go super fit and go, I love the gym. I want to be a trainer. Mm. But then you're suddenly your fun bit the place where you come and spend an hour and a half is a place where you might spend 10 hours a day and it'll become a chore. You've got to be there early. You've got to be there late. Yeah. So I'm a big believer in interns and we don't do in the, I'm talking about the UK market here, something in America they do quite a lot. Of, we don't do enough of it. We don't as whoever is a senior trainer or a successful trainer, whatever that is, whatever the age, we don't take enough people under our wing and say, this is this is the path I took to succeed. This is how I work with my clients. This is how I interact with my clients. These are the things I do to manage my energy of the day. So even if it's the last session and I secretly want to go home, whatever, when Mike turns up, that Canadian Mike, I've got... I was wondering what you are going to say there for a minute. <laughs> I've got, it's so easy, primed, ready to play. You know, we've got that connection and you feel that time with me is really important to me as the trainer yeah so you know like as we know if you will go back 10 years ago you really wouldn't see trainers on their phone or that much and now you will so how how do we okay that exists the phone and social media exists but should i film everything mm. you know should i you know what are the what are the keys what are the yeses what are the no's what are the negotiables and what are the non-negotiables yeah and how do you think social media is kind of well, obviously, it's had an impact on everything, so it would have an impact on training and working as a trainer. So what are the positives and what are the negatives and what, what kind of things do you try and stay away from? Well, the, there's loads of positives. You know, I think it's infected everything. But I would say fitness is one of the biggest impacts social media has had. Apart from, like, culture, then there, I would say then there comes fitness. Do you think it's that's maybe, the um, the visual aspect of it? Because you're seeing people training, you're seeing the before and Yeah, I think pictures, a lot of people want motivation. Yeah. You know, so you, you get a lot of motivation. But uh, for me, motivation comes and goes. You know, self-discipline is what stays with you. And I think that's a higher quality. But the positives, let's go there, first of all. Like, it's given us access to so many great minds. Mm. A lot, honestly, and I do get inspired by people who are like, oh, my God, I'd never thought of doing it like that. Oh, I like the way they're trained. I like the tools that they use. I think that would work for my clients. So some of my greatest tools have come through social media and some of my greatest influences have come through social media. Now, as a trainer, I'm looking towards those things. But as the client or someone who's not, you know, like into fitness, I think, 
This is where the negative comes in. What are you looking at? Who are you listening to? How qualified are those people? Hmm. Honestly, you know, like I always have to watch what I say, but I think there are so many numpties out there. And I don't think loads of people know they're a numpty because they don't open themselves up. They don't have conversations with other trainers. And, you know, I've been fortunate enough during the lockdown to be part of a tribe of trainers called Thrive to Survive, started by this other trainer called Adam Daniels. And it was, it was, it was, you know, first of all, I felt a little bit like, oh, what am I doing this for? But it was brilliant. And I learned things from all these people, different qualities, someone who's doing parkour, someone's doing animal flow, someone who's, you know, doing online, you know, like all these, you know, what bike training I could go on for hours. There was a, a team of people talking, communicating. And uh, I think we need to put ourselves as trainers. Mm. We need to hold ourselves to a higher sort of level and put ourselves out there. I think anyone who contacts me, I've got some friends, I'm going to go train with one on Friday night. We're meeting up in the middle of nowhere. I'm going to, not the middle of nowhere, but you know, like yeah, halfway yeah. house between us. And what, she gives to me I'll give back because I want trainers to be better and I love her energy and and I know we're going to have a great session and I'm going to gain uh, amazing things from someone who's new in the industry but I know that she's been able to connect with her audience really well and I'm like oh how does she connect with her audience whereas I perhaps I can give her some more of the technical vibes and different cues and stuff like that I'd just love to see more trainers do that rather than the trainers go, oh, you're beautiful, you're lovely, you're muscly, you know, like, do you know what I mean? That Is it hard being honest with clients? With clients, for me, no, mm-hmm. it isn't. You know, like there's, I had to have a chat with someone last week. That was hard mm-hmm. because this person was, I don't think, is used to sort of in the environment they're in, people saying no to them. And suddenly I've got to come along as this rowdy trainer and just sort of say, change requires change because this isn't working mm. and you know they weren't feeling so good and etc 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 so you know and the stresses of life and all these ex- other external factors come into play and as a trainer i've got to find a way of communicating no mm. what well, we need to you know we need to get back to it the graft and whatever and we need a plan and we need to be smart we need to sleep But at the same time, I don't want to lose them as a client. I want to inspire them and to say, look, I think you're so capable and I wouldn't be here if I didn't totally believe in you. But we actually have to apply ourselves. The the discipline you put to A, you've got to give to me, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. or this. And uh, just to turn the corner, um, we trained, it's... Tuesday afternoon, we trained Friday, we trained Monday, we trained this morning. Mm-hmm. So we're on that path. It seems to have worked, but it was delicate because I sort of knew I might lose a really good client. Here. Yeah. Well, and just on that that tip, I guess, is uh, you're successful and you're driven and you're goal-oriented and you're a doer, but things don't always work out the way you plan. So tell me about a time when something didn't work out quite the way you envisioned call it failure if you want or how, how did you learn from a mistake or something oh, yeah you know like I, and i carry those things with me mm. i think it's a really important thing you know there's two there's two things that really strike me one who's still a present client i feel i let her down because i let her dominate the session too much when she was she had a pre-existing injury. I was aware of this injury. And we'd been training for a significant amount of time, but she wanted to up the ante. And I was, okay, okay, we'll up the ante. And I, you know, I upped the ante and it didn't work out. You know, it led to a, 
you know, a back problem and I live with that. But um, I appreciate the fact that she says that was me, you know, like, but it wasn't. It was me. At the end of the day, I'm accountable. And I say, this is where you come back to the previous question. No. Mm. You know, we, if you trust me and they come back to trust, let's do it like this. And it might be that we can't get that amazing elixir that you want. But you know what? You're going to wake up tomorrow and not be in pain. Mm. And that's a that's a big thing. You don't want to be in pain. But also, yeah, I have definitely had clients and, you know, like we, someone we both sort of know that perhaps I wasn't the right person for them. And I'm cool with that. Mm -hmm. I genuinely am cool with that, that my personality, my way doesn't work out for everyone. But an awesome thing about that is they're still training now. They, I, I know that even though the training didn't work out, the philosophies of my training, you know, and I know this because I've had the chat with them, you know, they still live with them all the time. I'm the person who they hear in their ear, but I, I wasn't the person who was able to prescribe yeah. the right treatment. So, yeah, not everything works out, but it is live and learn. And what can I do as a coach to be better? You know, Alex Ferguson didn't win every game. He didn't win the premiership every year, but he came back with a new plan, you know, and managed to galvanize those players yeah. to go again. One thing that we hope is uh, going to be a great success and not a failure will be this podcast. So let's let's focus a bit more about what we're going to do here. Um, what made you want to get involved and start a podcast as a host? Oh, I, I do like talking. Really? Because so it's, it's been it's been like pulling teeth, getting getting a word out. Of I your can word. imagine. I can imagine you you pull a good tooth. <laughs> so um, I I think I think communicating. I'm. It's like in what I do, how do I help people and guide people? Because I am passionate about the fitness industry and I don't have the answers to everything, but I want to keep an open mind. This allows me to talk to other people and sort of learn from them. And then I'm going to try my best as the interviewer to bring out those nuggets, that, that amazing information that if you are a new trainer, you're on your journey, you're an experienced trainer that you can take and learn from and perhaps even pull into your own training. And there'll be hopefully some reference points, some external reference points, things you can go away and look at. And hopefully, you know, we're going to have some great guests. That's that's a definite. We're going to have some great guests. So with that comes great minds. And I'd love to be able to pull some of those nuggets out and give them to the wider public to the fitness trainers out there and of course i get the sum for myself so i've got like selfish intentions here i'm gonna live and learn from this too yeah and what do you think the the average listener is going to get do you think from the, listening to this show well i want fresh mm. hopefully we, we'll have a little bit of fun you know i listen to a lot of podcasts and so I know that I don't want this to be a dull affair. I want it to be a good affair, and I'm very happy to have you with us, Mike. Oh, really? I think this is gonna. This is this is the key right here. Yeah. Well, that's Canadians, isn't it? We're, yeah, uh, I'm your large to your little. Uh, yeah, very little. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What a, I <laughs> almost said like something really, really rude there. Oh, don't worry about it. Like we, haven't, we, haven't, we haven't discussed discussed with uh, how explicit this podcast is going to be. Oh, yeah, so, well, it's, so. it's going to be explicit <laughs> in intention. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. That's that's really what I hope people can get. I hope they can uh, learn from it and at the same time be slightly entertained. Yeah. Well, speaking of entertainment, then um, when you're not working out or uh, listening to music, what's your uh, favorite film? Can I have two? 
That's the, that's the host. Well, if it's going to be the Godfather 1 and 2, that cousin doesn't count. All right, no. But clearly, one, I'm showing the camera, oh, yeah. is the Goonies. Goonies, yeah. The Goonies is a big thing for me because um, it's that idea of sort of never growing up, going on an adventure, the possibilities. Mm-hmm. You know, there is something beautiful about that, spending life with your friends and, and just going on a Goonie adventure and uh, dreaming, dreaming it. So clearly I love the Goonies. But Rocky Two. Yeah. Uh, the the montage, big, big bit of my life. Me and my, I've showed it to my friend Matt Rushbrook when I was a kid. Um, I had, had it on the old VHS record, video recorder. And it is that moment when uh, Adrian's in the bed mm-hmm. and she wakes up from her coma and says to Rocky, you know, he said, Rocky says to Adrian, if you don't, we want me messing with Creed, you know, like I'll give up because this is Super Fight 2, the second mm. time he fought Apollo Creed. And, um, she turns around to me and says, Rocky, I want you to do one thing for me. Goes, yeah, he's doing anything. Yeah. And he goes, win. win. Yeah. And he goes, win. Yeah. And then Mickey. Then the music kicks in. No, yeah. Mickey's oh, in yeah, the back yeah. and he goes, yeah. what are we waiting for? Yeah. Stations. Yeah, yeah. And then the music kicks, kicks in, in and the and montage. montage. Yeah. And then the, the music only drops when the bell rings, you know, for yeah. to start to super fight too. Mm. And then obviously the, the fight happens. And I really, as so many people, so many fighters come out to Eye of the Tiger. These are moments. And I love films. I watch loads of films, too many films. I'm slightly obsessed with the cinema. There are these films that can just, just like we spoke about music. And this is what I, I think this is about fitness as well, that can just help mold you and influence you yeah. to become a better person and the, you know, realize your own dreams and suddenly oh i see i see rocky working hard and he wins a fight okay perhaps i've got to work hard oh perhaps rocky has a trainer and he listens to his trainer which then tells him to work hard oh perhaps i need a trainer yeah and and i need my why and his why was adrian yeah because he was he was fucking yeah and he suddenly had his why his purpose it was motivation yeah yeah Yeah, definitely 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 he didn't feel guilty anymore i remember uh watching that and because when i saw the first rocky what put me off training was thinking i had to get up really early and eat raw eggs so why ain't doing that i saw rocky 2 before one well there's a bit of an age gap between us but i remember seeing rocky 2 in the the cinema and that climactic scene when where we're just screaming at this at the screen get up rocky get up and then me and my my friends racing our bikes i don't know we just thought we were on training and we, we came out of the cinema riding home and we were just something motivated us to go as fast and as hard as we could it was really really inspirational and physical motivational way that film particularly for a teenage boy who was trying to build totally and we want i want those nuggets yeah. from that and the music we spoke of to come out in this yeah that I, re- I really do, you know, and these are these are magic moments. Yeah, because you and find your inspiration everywhere. There are all sorts of things that would feed into something that if you have a goal, whether it be in life or your career or your love life or whatever, or your training, being physically fit or stronger or whatever it is, as a trainer or as someone who's being trained, you find those bits of motivation. I remember that film, that, that montage, that music. I'm going to put that music on and, and just uh, race my bike fast. I'm going to pushed myself to 100 push-ups instead of the 99 I've been doing. Exactly. And I I listened to a podcast with Ben Bruno. He's an American trainer from... He works out of LA. And at the end of it, I was to, totally inspired. And I was like, I need to raise my game. I need to be more like Ben Bruno. I so I know podcast. that the podcast has this power too. Yeah. And I want to, you know, find more nuggets like that and give them to 
hopefully the good folk listening. And just finally, going back to the music, because uh, it, we've touched on it, and it's always it's central to you, but I think it's, it is something that pretty much everybody who trains has some sort of soundtrack, and we're gonna mm. we're gonna start building one. The Hipporia, this is it. We're gonna the build podcast, our own Spotify playlist. playlist. The ultimate workout track. So I've already told you, mine is well. I've cheated. I've said side one of Appetite for Destruction, but I'll stick with P- Paradise City as my my pick for my ultimate workout track. What's yours? Well, we're sort of staying on the same theme, although there are so so many pieces of music that I could chat that that could be a podcast in itself. But I've gone with Everlong by the Foo Fighters. For uh, the fact that it is a a 16 beat, you know, so it's got that really rhythmical running quite fast hi-hat, but it's that opening chord. It just, it sends shivers. It's like, it's time to go. Yeah. You know, it's time to perform. I, there's something about that track, which just makes my hair stand on an end. And it's a love song as well. There's an amazing line in it where Dave Grohl sings, breathe out so I can breathe you in. Just like, what a line. So Foo Fighters, Everlong. Good choice. Well, as I say, we are going to start building the Hapori Podcast Spotify playlist. I'll probably come up with a snappier title in post-production again. But uh, we will be asking all the guests we have what's the ultimate workout track for them. And we will give you details about that Spotify playlist once it gets going. Sum up, Rob. We've, we've talked quite a lot about various things. So, what's one key takeaway our listeners should uh, walk away with today? Well, from my my actual life and experience, it's about listening, listening with an open mind, so that you can get better and learn and grow and develop. And that is sort of like what we hope this podcast will be. I wish that I had listened a little more. You know, I did act, but I could have got where I wanted to get quicker. I could have been smarter because there are so many amazing platforms of knowledge out there now. And, you know, I'm going to defend myself a little bit here that maybe weren't there when I was starting out. So let's have let's use those great tools and let's give the other trainers some entertainment and some pathways to success all right so that's the hopori podcast the hopori podcast the hopori podcast slips off the tongue doesn't it yeah i'll say it one more time the hopori podcast we're gonna take on the world the hopori podcast is a pod people production and you can find us every other thursday in your favorite podcast app please follow us and rate and review and it'll help other people find the show awesome thank you and you can follow us at Rob underscore Solly. That's on Instagram. And at Pod People UK. Is that on Instagram too? It's on all of them. On all of them. And at Hapari Coach. Which is Maori for community. There you go. All right. We're gonna take on the world. Yeah, we gotta move.